of buttons and get us live on Facebook and welcome in Richard Morris. Hey, well, Richard. Good afternoon, Jay. And I uh, checked all the conspiracy theories, made sure the government hasn't cut our phone lines or any of that kind of stuff yet. Well, uh, I, I hope, they hope they're listening, though. 256-737-9505. We'd love to hear from you. That would help. <clears throat> Well, today on the elephant in the room. Yeah, Howard shorted us today. He uh, decided to, he to be did. somewhere else. So it's just you and me today. That's right, but that's okay. Howard needs a day off every once in a while. Um, but today we we were going to talk about the pandemic and the recovery from it. Because hopefully, well, I know the president has said. Yeah, I was about to say, Joe's already said that's done. The, yeah, I don't know if Joe knew what he was saying when he said that. <laughs> Well, the pandemic is over. However, we still have uh, a virus that's evolving and changing. And so who knows where we're going to end up with that. And, you know, that's part of the problem is that not knowing. But remember last week we talked about the narrative. In some ways, that's what uh, Mr. Biden was doing there. Well, let me ask you. I, I did hear on the national news that... Hospitals are shutting down again. All of the children's hospitals are full. They have no beds. This time it's a... Uh, RSV. Yeah, it's, it's not COVID. It's a respiratory disease that is caused allegedly because we wore masks for so long and our bodies are not immune to the things that they would be naturally. <laughs> well, but, and this was my favorite but, Richard. Okay. There's a seven-month-old infant that's got this. Well, this infant didn't live through COVID, so why have they got it? Right. And, you know, RSV has been around for years, decades. I don't know when it was first uh, identified, but I do know that it has been a problem in the past, but it's always been in the background. You know, there wasn't it wasn't a, a life ender or something that caused undue hardship for large percentage of the population it was just you know a few people got sick to the point they needed uh, help with it but anyway today we're going to talk about the, uh, the the pandemic that's it and we will probably have another one whether it's the same virus or just another one uh, because that's just the the nature of that. Uh, viruses and, and genetic material alters or changes in the wild. Do you think it was very unusual to go that long without a major? I mean, I know we had you know, little conversations of, you know, things getting out of whack in 2000, early 2010s, like you know, SARS and whatever else, but it, SARS it never got to be huge like this did well and SARS was this virus it was just I think an earlier edition of it and that may have been where the virus got started in China because we do know that research well, come now Richard don't don't contradict all of those conspiracy theorists who want to say it was born in the lab in China well no I'm what I'm saying is that they were doing research in in uh, labs I won't say all over the world but in various countries and my own opinion is that somebody in China uh, did not follow the proper procedures and it got exposed to it and spread it at the uh, local fish market. And that's what gave it 
its start. And of course, you know, the, the communists cannot admit that they've made a mistake. So I, this is my, my thought, you know, I've heard everything from, uh, well, it was purposely let loose to, you know, uh, cause us serious problems, et cetera, et cetera. And I've heard other people say, well, it just spontaneously uh, started in China. And, of course, that's what happens with the flu virus. Almost every year there's a new virus that comes out of China, and it is the flu. It's one variation or another of the flu. So, you know, take your pick. My own is that it was somebody who got careless, and the world has had to pay the price. Um and, you know, I've heard people say that this whole thing was just made up, that there, you know, it really didn't happen. And I looked up the statistics in the U.S. I'm sorry, did you say some people think this was made up and didn't happen? Right. That, COVID? Yeah. I have heard that, that it was all. Really? <laughs> hey, these are people that live in the mountains, I think, but I, I'm not sure. I, I guess. But. It really did happen, and in 2019, deaths in the U.S. from all causes were 2,854,000 and some odd, or about 8.7 per 1,000 residents. In 2020, it was 3,427,000 and some odd, or about 10.4 per 1,000. So, you know, it was... Roughly a 20% raise or rise in deaths in the United States from all causes. Now, you know, I think most of those all causes are going to be the same from year to year. So I'm saying the biggest difference was COVID. And I I think I'm pretty close to right. But I I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. Um, So what has come about from from the virus businesses were shut down in fact uh well that's a whole nother business but uh small businesses yeah and we can certainly second guess that and wonder if that was the right decision well yeah small businesses were shut down uh places like walmart and the grocery stores more or less stayed open throughout the thing and people were buying the things they used to buy at, you know, mom and pop stores from the chains because they were important. And I think that's there's been a number of small businesses that were forced out because of that. But another part that's related to that, and you probably know more about this than I do, is uh, online uh, ordering and, and delivery of everything from medicine to food to whatever. Took off like crazy during COVID and it's now swung the other way. More people are interested in going into the store than ordering online. That's it. Well, and and look at some of the the biggest winners on the stock market during the COVID virus at its worst. Peloton, uh, they have since gone through the floor. They're, They're... they're still in existence, but that's, you know, and it's because of what you're saying. We want to get back to normal, and that's what we're here to talk about today because it's not going to be the normal it used to be. And I'll give you a good example. 
Do you remember September 11th, 2001? Oh, yes. Okay. I, anybody who was alive and, and old enough remembers it. In fact, they probably remember where they were when they heard about it. But um, there were a number of things that came out of that that have never changed you know, back to the way they were before. Everything from, well, there's a new department of government called, what is it, the Department of Homeland Security? Yep. Okay. Well, they are still funding lots and lots of things that are to protect the people. Uh, if you go through the airlines, if you go to an airport, you have to go through a security check. And that, you know, is, I, I've been through a few of them, and it is a major pain. And it takes time, and, and it's, nobody enjoys it. And, of course, I, I haven't heard a lot about how many uh, potential terrorists have been stopped by having that. I think the way they look at it is, well, we haven't had another, you know, plane jacking. So it must be working. And more, a lot more to it than that. I mean, the military's been trying to take out the enemy, and I think that's had more to do with it than... Right, but we still... And, you know, I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that probably go on that we'll never know about. And I'm not sure we need to know about a lot of it. But that that was one of the big things. And I'm not sure... I, I am sure that the local police departments have gotten funding from that for things like i think coleman got uh what was that a, a half track or um some sort of military uh heavy heavy vehicle for crowd control i believe is what it's used for yeah i just know a bunch of uh, heavy military gear that probably doesn't belong in the hands of police departments i wouldn't think so but then, uh, but we still have these impositions 21 years later, including, oh, have you got a star on your driver's license? If you do, then you know what I'm talking about because that star allows you to fly in the future. Now, I've heard that that's been delayed, but it's the equivalent of having papers because that will have all of your information at attached to it. So, you know, we had we have always been the, you know, the land of the free, but now we are being what's the right word? groomed for less and less of that. And that's that's difficult for a lot of us. But um, what other things have changed? It's, it's for the children, Richard. Well, yeah, if they could figure out a way to stop the, the people from going into schools and spraying the you know kids and teachers with bullets, I would much prefer to have the money spent on that because uh, we know that's a problem and it's an ongoing problem. But the uh, the other things that have happened. You know, we used to, when I was growing up, you're, you may not be old enough to remember this, but we had the news at, what was it, 5 and 6 <clears throat> yep. in the evening, 
and it was vir- virtually the same. Now it's four, five, six, and ten. Right, but it didn't matter what channel you turned to. You were going to get pretty much the same news, unless it was a local story. Mm-hmm. And now, and in fact, that's been happening over a period of, what, 20 years now? The The news feed, the news that we watch is more and more dependent on what we want to see. What we agree with is what we end up watching. Very true. So what we're having is our political system. I'm just afraid of how many people have actually figured that out because I think it's a very low number. Well, and that's why I thought it might be sensible to bring it up today. (laughs) Yes. For anybody out there who has I've said it already, a half dozen times, but yeah. Right, who hasn't already figured that out. Um, the political divide is becoming bigger and bigger. How and much of it is being fueled by us, and how much of it is being fueled by the media, and how much of it is being fueled by social media? Well, and how much of that is being fueled by foreign powers? Mm. The Chinese and Russians have both been implicated in uh, social media posts, some of which I have seen before they were pointed out as being uh, from China. Um, And they are on, believe it or not, Jay, they're on both sides. It's not just the right wing, it's not just the left wing, and it's not just, you know, somebody on one side telling us that that's what the other side's doing. Uh, apparently, it's being done to en- enhance that separation so that we will be in a state of, I won't say anarchy, but, uh, well, the state we're in, where if you're a Republican, you you know, you know tend to have these beliefs. If you're a Democrat, you tend to have those beliefs. And the way things, and going back to what we talked about last week, the narrative that you've been given by your news source is one of the main things that you depend on or that affects you and how you actually perceive things or see things. So that's one of the things that's changed. (coughs) Another thing I have known, you know, we were all encouraged to stay home. And a number of people actually left their jobs and went home, or in some cases, you know, they lost their jobs because of the shutdown. And then slowly we've been able to get back to work and to to get out and be with other people. But, you know, we had to wear a mask. We had to stay, what was it? It was six feet apart or more. And the number of people... At one point, yeah. Yeah, and the number of people who could be in a a certain area, you know, had to be a certain number per 100 square feet or something. So it was a a pretty difficult thing for us. It was pretty traumatic. And I have seen people (coughs) since then that have developed a, a... somewhat of a uh, fear of public, you know, getting out in the public. They can't really say why, but they just, you know, it it just doesn't feel right. (coughs) And all the things that that people had trouble with before, 
have mostly gotten worse because of isolation. If you're isolated for days at a time, um, it, it's not good for us. That's one of the things that goes with the development of depression. <coughs> Excuse yep. me. Sounds like you may need a break. It'd be a great time for a commercial break. So <coughs> why, why don't we do that? All right. All right. We'll be back in just a minute on the elephant in the room. Do you or a loved one suffer from treatment-resistant depression? Depression can be bad. Start living your full life. If you suffer from depression and don't know where to turn, you can think TMS therapy. TMS is a non-invasive way to treat multiple mental health disorders. Sound Mind TMS and Coleman can help. For more information, you can call Sound Mind TMS at 256-735-9475 or visit their website at soundmindtms.com. Dr. Robert Smith and his staff can help. So stop suffering. You can think TMS therapy. When you make the right decision, it feels good, like picking the perfect place to have dinner or choosing a good night's sleep over binge-watching TV all night. It feels really good to make the right insurance decisions, too. That's why State Farm Agent Tisha Brewer is right here in Coleman County to help you select the right protection at the right price. Tisha will make sure you understand your State Farm coverages so you'll know what to expect if the unexpected happens. With State Farm Agent Tisha Brewer, it's easy to make the right choice. I'm Tisha at Tisha Brewer State Farm. We're located behind Cook's Pest Control at 909 Fisher Street. You can reach us at 256-734-4645. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I think I made the right decision by tuning into Live 95 instead of the local rap channel. I hope you did. (laughs) Okay, now that I've spit all over my mic. Yeah, well, let's hope it doesn't short. Okay, well... Hey, y'all, uh, 256-737-9505 if you want to chime in on our post-pandemic discussion. Yeah, well, I talked about, you know, some people having a lot of difficulty getting back out and being around other people, but there are also those who have just, you know, it's just the opposite. They couldn't wait to get out. They've been around everywhere, gone everywhere, and really, you know, are getting back into the flow of things. I was one of those people until I was totally set back by uh, going to eat at, say, Outback Steakhouse, and you must wear a mask for the eight feet it takes you to walk inside and sit down at a table. Yeah, I, But I, then you may remove your mask. <laughs> well, I, I still haven't figured out how to eat with a mask on. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's probably just me, but uh, no, I, I don't know about that one. Mm-mm. But... Okay, so what happens is when you get out like that and you haven't been around people, you tend to have more difficulty with interpersonal uh, reactions, you know, how you get along with other people because you haven't been doing it. And that can be problematic. Um, And I have not seen any statistics on fights or, you know, verbal... uh, disagreements that's a polite way to say it but i'm sure they're more intense than they were before just like i i think that uh, domestic violence has probably become worse 
My guess is we could invite the sheriff in or any of the deputies in, and, and they could tell you night and day between how it was then and how it is now. And it would be interesting. I think it would be helpful for people to know that the people they meet on the street, even if they've known them for years, may not be quite as easy to get along with as they were before. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, that's that's where kind of people are. And, you know, and now everybody's back at work, supposedly, except those who have trouble finding daycare. Everybody's making more money. But now we have inflation. <clears throat> and I don't mean, you know, 2 or 3% inflation a year. Uh, the, the federal government calls it about, um, what, 8.5% to 9%. I'm sorry, that's not the rate. Because when I go to the grocery store, Eggs used to be about a dollar and a half, and they're three dollars and a half now. Um, and on down the down the list, you can anybody who's who's done any uh, food shopping knows that's the case. And the same thing. Oh, go try to buy a new vehicle. If you get one of those really snazzy electric vehicles, be ready to pay at least fifty thousand dollars for it. Unless you can find, um, I think there are a few that foreign cars that are not that much. But mostly they're over $50,000. And don't drive them into a hurricane-prone area, or if they get salt water in them, they might randomly blow up on you. Well, you know, that that's one of the problems with lithium. It's a very active mineral. Mineral? Active substance, anyway. But anyway... So what does that leave us? It leaves us with everything costing more than the raises that people have gotten. We're in the process of closing down the economy in a lot of ways. Again, because it overheated. Now, Howard and I talked a little about how, why it overheated in that first, first one we did, didn't we? And... The reason is we had more money chasing fewer goods. Well, we're still having some supply problems. So those will eventually get somewhat better. Except China is still, they still don't have an adequate um, vaccine. So they shut down everything in a, a certain area. And you know, we think in terms of New York City being a, a large city, and it is. It's over 8 million people. But in China, when they shut down even a second-rate city, there may be 20 million people there. So, and when they shut it down, they, I mean, I don't think they still go to the extent of nailing the door shut on houses and things, but they do put fences around buildings. So people can't just walk in and out. So what happens is then that the Chinese aren't able to fill all our needs. And they're about responsible for over half of what we use. So again, our supply of, of uh, goods is drop, has dropped. Uh, 
but the demand hasn't yet. So as long as we're all making more money and we're willing to pay more for things, that is going to continue. But that's that has to do with the economic recovery. In terms of interpersonal difficulties, um, it would not surprise me to find that there has, has been a lot more uh, difficulty, like with families, for uh, DHR and for um, the school systems, because you know people can't get out. Things can happen to them at home that then they are not in a position to tell anybody about. Another totally separate thing that's related is our education system. You know, these kids that missed basically two years of schooling are now, if you've seen any of the news items, their um, test scores have dropped, I've forgotten, significantly. Uh, I think at one time um, Alabama's ACT score was somewhere around 19 and now it's dropped to about 17.8 or 9, somewhere along in there. So kids did not get educated. This stuff about, well, they can do it online at home. Most of them didn't. So we're having to deal with kids that are significantly behind in an education system that was not all that good to start with. So we're we're looking at some serious things down the road. But at least quite a few talking heads were like, hey, this is going to happen. Right. Not that it helped predict it or prevent anything. Well, and that's the problem. That Okay, we can talk about it all we want, but it didn't change the fact that it happened. So that's one another one of the things we have to deal with. But then you look at different countries, you know, all of them, well, I shouldn't say all of them, most of the world's um, economies are not doing well right now because of the same thing that we have done, which is the, you know, giving money that doesn't exist to people who then use it to buy goods that are, are not available. And then, you know, inflation comes from that. And eventually, the governments are not able to keep up with that. They can't keep printing money that doesn't exist. I haven't really kept up with what other governments did, but did they do stimulus packages similar to what we did? Very, in some ways, anyway. They have, and and particularly Europe, and I don't know about Asia or Africa, but I know that Europe has managed to get themselves in some serious problems because of it and then add to that what's going on with the Soviets and the Ukraine and the you know cutting off the oil and all of all of those things it just has made it I'm just glad we don't live in Europe right now because this winter is going to be a cold one for almost everybody there so we can still, you know, we, we have adequate supplies, I think is the term. 
But again, we're talking about just physical things. Um, when you get to recovery, what has to happen? We have to get back out and see people and feel comfortable in the social setting again. I don't know that we will ever go back to having the news that was, you know, the same story for everybody. Um, and so we're losing that commonality, and that's going to be a problem. Most people say my age, which is 45 and younger, probably don't even watch the news. I mean, they get their information from podcasts or, you know, something online. You know, news is something through what is traditionally referred to as the legacy medium of television, <laughs> and that's going away. That's, so, that's uh, us old old folks that, <laughs> that get our news there. Yeah, it's going right? to be interesting to see where that goes in 10 years. Well, it is. It is. And, and unfortunately, now where we get our news is from people that we subscribe to or, or um, listen to on Facebook or uh, Twitter or, you know, one of the social media sites because that's where we get that information. And so we are more uh, subject to having somebody else tell us something that's not true and have us believe it. And that has been happening. Uh, and, of course, that's a whole other story. But um, anyway, we are in the, the situation of... We're trying to get back to normal, and the world's not normal. The Chinese can't provide us with the goods they have been. The Europeans are, you know, they're having serious economic difficulties, and there's even, you know, wars in uh, the Ukraine. And we're having more and more difficulty with uh, foreign nations such as China and, and the Russians. So we don't live in the same world we did before. We're trying to change over to a, a uh, less carbon-dependent uh, energy system. That's a problem because all of the, the metals that go into um, batteries or storage of electricity, most of that stuff is found in other countries. China has a, I won't say a stranglehold, but pretty close to it on the world supply of rare earth materials and cobalt, nickel, uh, and other, you know, really important materials for this new type of uh, world. So, you know, we're, we're facing some difficulties in a lot of different areas. But we're still people at home, you know. We we have friends, we have neighbors, we have you know, people we go to church with, people we meet in, you know, that we shop with, and we're, you know, we we have become sort of I won't say estranged, but separated to a large extent from them. And it's going to take some time to regain those uh, relationships. And, of course, I don't know about you, Jay, but I lost a lot of close friends 
in the last two years. And you in know, terms of you angered them, or in terms of they are no longer with us? No, thank goodness. No, they're they are no longer with us. And only one of them that I can remember was COVID related, and that wasn't. It was, and you may have heard of this. It was a um, a friend of mine had a heart attack. They took him to the hospital, and there were no beds available. They looked at 43 different hospitals in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee before they found one that could uh, handle his problem. So they had to life flight him to Meridian, Mississippi, packed in ice, basically, and he never woke up from that. Mm, yeah, I've heard stories about that. Well, it was true, and the reason was because all of the uh, ICU beds and and you know the in the hospitals that could handle the the level of care he needed were full. So, you know that was COVID related without being COVID, if that makes any sense. So I thought you were going to tell me that he had a heart attack and he died, and then they found the COVID virus in him, and so they blamed it on COVID. That's what I thought you were going to tell me. No, nope, no. Nope. Oh, and I, you know, you have heard that too about, well, if if somebody had COVID, that's what killed them, whether it was, you know, they had a heart attack or cancer or a stroke or something else. So, you know, it, it built up the number that they could report as being COVID illnesses. And that's why the first statistic I gave you when we came on the air had to do with total deaths from all causes. So, you know, you can't just um, say that it was COVID or that it was, uh, you know, it was mislabeled as it was something else because there were actually more people that died and a large number more. So I think that's, that's the important thing. doesn't mean that everybody who died died of COVID. It just means that, um, COVID was in a lot of people's lives and was related to a lot of people's deaths. So anyway, today we're having to recover from all of those losses, the losses of, um, well, our freedoms, our um, friends, you know, and, and we're still dealing with this background stuff about well we need to get another booster and then I've got another friend who got the booster and he developed sores all over his body and he still got those eight years like eight months later so it's not a not always a completely benign thing but these are the things that we all have to deal with so, you know, getting back to normal is going to take some time and it's going to take some energy and some want to. And I I really think we need to start um, talking to people with a different um, political view from our own, not with the idea that we're going to change them, but with the idea that we need to at least be able to talk and sit in the same room without screaming and throwing things. 
So that's one of the things I'm suggesting that we all need to do. Um, and that will help to, to get things back to a, a United States that is more united and is more like it used to be. But I, I really don't think we're getting back to the way things were in the, you know, in the uh, 2010s, just because it's we're not in that. You know, there's been too much go water go over the dam or under the bridge or however you want to put it. We can't put that genie back in the bottle, but we can look for a new normal kind of like we did in 2001 and how long did it take us to get used to things being different you have any idea hard to say because a lot of it just just kind of happened and we we accepted it well we didn't have much choice you know the the two tower the twin towers came down and all the people that were killed were were killed and it took several years fact till uh, President Obama his uh, tenure for the culprits to be brought to justice and you know he was pretty proud of that even though it wasn't him that flew the helicopters in and, and got him true and I mean there there are stories that we knew about him all the way back to Clinton and that Clinton was trying to take him out but didn't do it and and there have been a lot of you know, these uh, political um, shenanigans, or if that's the way you want to look at it, are, you know, politically motivated, uh, undercover kinds of operations. And, you know, we like to pretend that we don't do those things. But I'm afraid we have on occasion, and sometimes it's been necessary. So, I, you know, I think we all ought to just accept that some things we don't want to do, we are forced to do because of the situation. But it doesn't mean we need to pick that as the first thing we do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, I was hoping to get some disagreement on that. What do the, what do the listeners think? Have you gotten not, any? Not hearing any comments today, so. Oh, well, I must have put them to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> first 15 minutes or so. You're, you're just too agreeable today. Damn, I can't, <laughs> I can't keep doing that then. Uh, well, anyway, um, we have talked some about a lot of different subjects, and we really haven't gotten in any depth on many of them. But that's, you know, it's just meant as a way to well, get let, people Let's circle started. back around to kind of what I was trying to get into at the beginning of the show. Okay. So some of the talking heads on TV are now trying to lead us to believe, hey, you know, we're going to have another round of COVID. And I was joking with you before we went on air. So, well, they better hurry up. I mean, we've got the midterm elections in two weeks. I mean, if they're going <laughs> to fire up that latest round of COVID, they don't have much time to do it. Well, and, you know, this time of year, as and this is, I don't know if it's true or not, but when people move back indoors, they're, you know, closer to each other, there's less ventilation, it's more likely to spread. That's don't true. Know if, yep. You know, I think that's probably true. Is that going to be all of it? I don't know. Just like a lot of the stuff that, and I'm sure you've been seeing or hearing these things too, 
about the election, you know, according to the Democrats, this election is about the losing, how is that put? The number one thing they had a problem with was, oh, the potential loss of freedom. Isn't, mm. isn't that kind of the way that's worded? I, I may have it totally wrong. Well, what I heard that I, I thought was kind of offensive was uh, the other side, the Democrat side. You know, they're they're referring to the Republicans, and they're talking about how that extreme side of the Republican Party, the ones the right. the mega mega trickle down, as Joe Biden likes to call it, um, the mega mega side of the party, the election deniers side of the party, and they're like, oh, well, that's the that's going to rip the Republican Party in two. Those those people are just the heart. And they're not paying any attention. That I, I almost guarantee you over 50%, if not over 75% of the Republican Party, we don't believe that the election went down correctly. Well, I mean, they can tell us that it did all they want, but there's just so many unanswered questions and so many conspiracy theories and you know, you've I got know. the you've got the and movie that, out there that proves everything that you know they well, they want to shut down. It doesn't prove anything. It just strongly suggests it. Yes. Um, but you know what you're talking about is the narrative that the parties are coming up with for the election prior to the election, and that first thing is fear. You know, we're gonna you know we're we're gonna what was it on MSNBC? They were were uh, there was a little snippet about uh, this election. After this election, um, we won't be, or yeah, something about we won't be the country we were before. <laughs> Isn't that I tough? was just thinking of the song from The Who. We won't be fooled again. That's what I was thinking. But, oh, you know. we will. <laughs> we're fooled. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's the way it is. And, and But that's one of the, the reasons why Howard and I talked some. And he wants us to maybe next next uh, show week, yeah. yeah, do it on reframing the narrative some more about, especially about the election and how that's being folded around, and you know, like the the uh, inflation fighter package that was passed that won't do anything but, uh, well, yeah, a lot of other things. Uh, environment and oh yeah the student loan uh, uh, forgiveness act which i never did really catch the value of that for the whole country because it's just those people who went to college not everybody goes to college so why should the ones that didn't pay for the ones that did so i saw a study on that and i think they hit the nail Right on the center of the head, the uh, Democrats seem to be a little more on the educated side. Right. So uh, by passing that, then they are uh, giving the Democrats more of what the Democrats want. And it was one of the promises that he made during the election. And somebody told me the other day that that's one thing that both of the last two presidents have done, uh, both President Trump and uh, President Biden have tried to fulfill their, you know, their uh, promises that they made during the campaigns. And I'm, I, I just sometimes shudder when I think about 
what those promises could be and will be. Yeah, usually they're so controversial <laughs> to one side or the other. That's true. And we'll just have to we'll just have to see. But the next what is it? 2 weeks are going to be filled with, you know, oh, the world's ending or, you know, whatever however they decide they want to spin things. Well, let's not forget this is the most important election of our lifetimes. That's yeah. It's the actually next, haven't heard that yet, but it's coming. It's the next one. <laughs> That's why. And I, you know, I I get so disgusted by both parties and and you know where they get off in the boondocks that sometimes I just wish we could change things around some, but I don't have a better solution. Do you? I mean, I'd like to hear one, but, you know, it's the best, it's the worst government that works that we can have, however you want to word that. My my solution is just don't let the government affect your life. You control your life. You do what you do. And uh, Well, and that's been one of my issues because I think I've told you I'm more of a libertarian than anything else, and libertarians are not anarchists. We don't. It's not that we don't want any government, but we think that the best governed people are the least governed people. Yep, yep. And you know that that really does. Um, it's not free money. You're robbing from Peter to pay Paul. So, and that's exactly what's been happening. And you know the government it keeps running these uh, trillion dollar deficits, and. It's become, well, it's the government's money that's coming to us. And it's not. The government is, I would say borrowing, but they're prestidigitating these funds. And then the reason the rest of the world still accepts the dollar is because oil sales are in dollars. And it's the world's reserve currency. So and most of them are worse off anyway. So it's not, you know, it's not like um, things are good. It's just that they're better here. What's that? The the cleanest dirty shirt. <laughs> I think that's about where we're at with with our economy. And that's well. I notice the gas prices have tanked once again. Thanks, Joe, for uh, releasing all those emergency barrels. I uh, don't know if that's what led to it, but. Everyone that I have talked to is fairly certain that it's just going to go through the roof as soon as the midterm elections come and go. And, well, uh, I mean, who knows what, what else will happen to the economy, too. And here uh, I am framing the fear narrative again, but, I mean. Well, see, and that's reframing the narrative. It's it's taking the story and making it say what, what you think it should say. Whether, which is what most newscasters are doing nowadays. You're exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why the uh, traditional news outlets are so suspect. Yep. Well, we got about a minute left, Richard. Anything you want to wrap the show up with? Well, just that we want to probably get back to reframing the narrative uh, for the election next week. And then at some point, we want to talk about the uh, border security. Mm-mm-mm. So That's a topic. Well, it's an important topic. And there are reasons on both sides of that. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not pretending there aren't, but... 
I try to watch a few minutes of, of both sides, and yeah, I mean, the other side is like, well, look at all these jobs that we can fill. Let's just let these people in. And that's basically what they're doing. Yeah, but... Translated to, hey, look at all these people who will register to vote. Right. And also, the other some of the other problems have to do with what about importing diseases, uh, tuberculosis. Are these people being... Uh, you know, looked at or evaluated before they're allowed in the country? No. Most of them aren't. True um, that. And anyway, there there's a lot that could be going on there that we, we just really don't have control of it, and that's what it's about. So that's what, some point down the road, we will try to cover that. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next week. And Howard should be back. All right. Good deal. (laughs) Y'all have a good afternoon. You can save money and help the community all at the same time when you shop Victoria's Hope Thrift and Treasures. Victoria's Hope is a non-profit thrift store that has been serving Coleman County since 2018. Name brands and unique items at extremely low cost. All shoes, clothes, and purses are $3 or less. Victoria's Hope is open Thursday through Saturday, 10 to 6, and Sunday from 12 until 5. You can visit their Facebook and Instagram page for more information on the nonprofit and weekly deals for the community. Victoria's Hope Thrift and Treasures. 230 U.S. Highway 278 West, just west of the interstate, past the Dollar General on the right. Coleman's Live 95 is Coleman's independent radio. It's time now to check our regional news from the Alabama Radio Network, a service of SoundMind TMS. If you suffer from depression and don't know where to turn, you can think SoundMind TMS. With another ARN News update, I'm Jim Faraday. Some Alabama hospitals are getting slammed amid a spike in flu and RSV cases. At Children's Hospital in Birmingham, Dr. Alicia Webb says they're experiencing an unprecedented number of young patients in the ER and throughout the hospital. Our hospital is very, very full, as is the emergency department. We are activating extra staff. We are activating extra areas that we can see patients. She encourages parents to treat children at home when possible. So long as your child is drinking well, and so long as you're not worried that your child is having trouble breathing, really can be managed supportively at home. Some key questions remain unanswered following an audit of billing problems at the Birmingham Waterworks. WBRC Fox 6 Jonathan Hardison telling JT on Alabama's Morning News one of the biggest reveals in the audit. The audit says as many as 10,000 customers may have been overbilled because they were billed in a uh, longer cycle. They had a court order a few years ago that said they have to bill you every 24 to 37 days. And this audit found that about 10,000 accounts were billed beyond that 37-day window, which means that you may have been charged too much for water because of those tiered rates that charges you more per gallon the more that you use. But the employees suddenly stopped using the billing software last August. These billing problems started well before the waterworks had previously admitted. And then there's the question of how much the board knew and when. I'm Leah Brandon. Twelve days to go until the election and Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill predicting record turnout for a cycle that includes the governor's race. Merrill says he expects between 1.6 million and 1.8 million voters to turn out. Merrill says much of that is due to the fact that more people are registered than ever before. But he says the national dynamics of the midterm election will also energize many voters. I'm Jim Faraday. And you're up to date around your world, around your state. This.
Do you or a loved one suffer from treatment-resistant depression? Depression can be bad. Start living your full life. If you suffer from depression and don't know where